Hello, gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Hey there, everyone. I'm on fire. My book, 100 Years of Deception, Why Gardening Must Change, has reached the number one bestseller in urban gardening on Amazon which is really good considering the book has only been out two weeks. So, how do we change the world of gardening? That's what episode 60 is titled and is all about. I'm so grateful we've reached episode 60. That's another milestone. Thank you guys for being on this journey with us. The world of gardening is stagnant. So much of the stuff that we do or use in the garden is so yesterday so passe, information that we got from a blog, a garden show, somebody at our garden club, a magazine, a neighbor, our trusted sources that have all been duped, bamboozled, swindled with bad information on gardening. Is your hair on fire? It should be. Mine is. I am so sick of the lies and shoddy products being sold as natural and organic that the back of my head is a forest fire (laughs) of disgust at the companies, the experts, and Big Chem and Big Ag, the culprits who have created and continue to perpetuate the crime. Now, if we the collective we of gardeners don't do something to change this injustice, this climate and landscape to be lied to and stolen from, then it's on us. I wrote my book, have a second book on the way, and I'm shouting from the rooftops that our food, the products, and our gardens are being poisoned by global elitists and global money. Big money is controlling you and me, Betty and Bob Citizen, through their toxic big food, big pharma, big medicine, big government, big trash, big gardening, and it's all creating a big mess. Today on this episode, episode number 60 of the Healthy Garden Podcast, we're going to talk about some of the things about the world of gardening that we should really look at changing why these things need to be addressed, and how as gardeners we can stop the madness and address the problems that are holding gardening back. There is no reason at all in this day and age that we are stuck in the 1970s with pesticides, in the 80s with a lot of product mixes that some of the big nurseries carry, in the 90s in terms of GMOs and herbicides, and the millennium, when it comes to the phony faux organics that was created over 20 years ago. I don't know about you all, but I live in 2023, and I want healthy gardening, healthy products, healthy food, and that means that all of the stuff is real organic, really safe, and really natural. I can't co-sign poisoning the earth or its inhabitants the people, and animals that live here any longer. Can you? 
Hi, gardeners. I'm an organic gardener, farmer, landscaper, and your host of the Healthy Garden Podcast. I wrote 100 Years of Deception, Why Gardening Must Change, because I found that people really don't know that the food they eat and the products they buy to use in their gardens are toxic. Big Chem and Big Ag are poisoning us. I tell you how in my new book, 100 Years of Deception, Why Gardening Must Change, available on Amazon.com from Next Generation Publishing. I was rolling through a depot and an L's just to see what was cooking on the big box firing line of gardening last week. I like to do that every once in a while because it really tells you just how far the chemical companies and the junk products companies think they can push the market. They control the market because they sell gardeners chemical concoctions that are relatively cheap to make and the junkers The companies who sell you amendments, simple fertilizers, and soil made from animal byproducts, from animal death camps, or soils with green waste compost, the optimal word being waste, that comes from the big trash, toxic municipal waste dumps. Either way, it's a big box, big scam. But the bag or box says natural and organic on it (laughs) but it says pet safe and child safe so it must be good it must be safe (laughs) come on gardeners anything sold at the depot l's caustic co the w or any of your regional big boxes like freddy's is absolute garbage It's cheap. It has big margins for the retailer because they blow it out the door with all sorts of manufacturers and distributors' sweetheart deals that sucker you in with a buy two and get six freebie. They keep you and your garden addicted to crack. They also have merchandising teams that come in and stack these garbage products high in all sorts of snazzy end caps designed to lull your mind to sleep when it comes to common sense. That makes me think of a whole other side of this argument I'm having with myself for your sake. First, I don't know why any gardener in the world would buy anything from a big box or big market superstore for their garden. And second, I don't know why anyone would buy their food from any of the big super joints either. There is no way that anyone can tell me that they are really getting anything of quality from these food, poison, and junk factories. Which brings me to my next point. I don't own a nursery, but if I did, I sure as heck wouldn't carry anything that any of the big bozos carry or any of the fake side or secondary companies that many of these manufacturers make up so that they have one line for the big bozos 
and another line or their premium line of animal byproduct filled toxic garbage for the independent nurseries. Come on, nurseries. Can't you do better than buy and sell us this rubbish? Can't you get us some real products that are real organic, real natural, and really work to grow the biology in our soil instead of killing off microbial populations so that we are stuck with dead soil in our gardens, containers, and grows? which is exactly what Big Chem, the chemical gardening companies, and the junk makers are relying on so that you keep needing to buy their junk. I don't understand this cycle of wash and rinsing of cheap, inferior products by independent nurseries who have so many options. And in so many other ways, they have so many great things about them. I know a ton of really good products that almost no nurseries are selling. From microbial inoculants, real organic compost, great mycorrhizal products, clean minerals, great biochar and castings that the gardening world should just be eating up. You independent nurseries should be selling them hand over fist, making money left and right and doing something great for these gardeners. So why is the world of gardening not eating these products up? Because most gardeners don't know about them. Because the distributors don't sell these products from the smaller niche manufacturers who make really good products. And because the smaller niche real garden product manufacturers don't have lots of bags of cash lying around to pay off the garden bloggers who are more like garden sloggers, the gardening information websites and the YouTube garden wonders, the experts, which I really wonder about, as you know, if you've listened to this show, then you don't have any idea these products exist. I think that stinks. The whole world of gardening is a pay or play game. If you don't pay me, then I'm not going to market your brand is the attitude of the garden experts and sloggers, which makes me say, what kind of expert are you then? Everybody wants to get paid for everything without really doing the work. How many of the garden experts that you follow are really truly experts. How many of them have ever done anything but get given from these companies crap, use that crap, and then sell you the same crap that they learned how to garden on and then learned how to hawk to you to make some cash for their blog or website? It's sad, but the truth is that most of the garden experts and bloggers don't really know anything, at least anything worth you paying for. To me, I am always aghast at what I see people using in their gardens, what the independent nurseries offer up as solutions, and why gardeners would ever shop at the discount city of boxes. I like the word aghast. Let's see what the spineless fools over at Miriam's define it as. Aghast, an adjective meaning struck with terror, amazement, or horror, shocked and upset. The horror. 
one of my favorite lines ever in a film. Brando's Colonel Walter E. Kurtz was genius in Apocalypse Now. The other line that is so appropriate to finish with this section regarding garden sloggers and experts, you're neither. You're an errand boy sent by grocery clerks to collect a bill. Hi, gardeners. After reading Randy's book, I took it to the nursery to view some ingredients in the soil products. I found a new line of products from a very popular company that had the exact same bad ingredients that their other line had, just with a different colored bag and name. Get a hundred years of deception why gardening must change, and you will be able to make these comparisons on your own and help change the world of gardening. So, how do we change the world of gardening? One, you've heard two commercials for it. Buy the book, A Hundred Years of Deception, Why Gardening Must Change. It does lead you through how our food and the products we buy to garden with are being poisoned by Big Chem and Big Ag. And how both of those losers are controlling the lawn and garden industry. I am not ashamed to hawk this book on this program. Somebody has to say it. I'm saying it. If one of my friends wrote this book, I would gladly hawk it for them because people need to know we have got to take our gardens back and our food back and our environment back. Two, you become really proactive in your decision-making process. You have to quit buying unicorns at the nursery or the supermarket. They don't exist. If something seems too good to be true, where did that even come from, you ask? Well, I'm glad you do because I'll tell you. Sequila was a dialogue, a subtitle to Too Good to Be True. It appeared in 1580. It came from reverse names in Latin. Sequila is from Latin, aliquis, meaning anyone, written backwards. They talk about the land they're in, Alina, which is Anglia or England. And another character is Omen from the Latin Nemo, which means nobody. The idealized society that they talk about in Too Good to Be True, Mosquin, is described in the name in Latin, nusquam, which means nowhere. Too good to be true 
nowhere, nobody. The use of these terms is a tribute to the wordplay and utopia of Thomas More, which may have been derived from the Greek autopia, which is no place. So what did I just say to you? That's too good to be true. This term expresses the skeptical view that something so seemingly fine must have something wrong with it. Nothing, nobody, nowhere. Doesn't exist. That is always true. It's like the search for organic Oreos. They did once exist, but went away because organic flour and organic sugar do not an Oreo make. You can't even find any reference to the organic Oreos anymore, but I have the screenshot. I've got the proof. Now, what do we have instead of the organic Oreos? Their newest product, gluten-free Oreos, and all kinds of imitations. Plus, there are new monos, which are the kind of organic version of Oreos. Let's see what you get in a new mono, the new version of a new mono. Aha, organic unbleached wheat flour, organic powdered sugar, organic cornstarch, mm-hmm. organic sugar, organic palm fruit oil, mm-hmm. sunflower oil, cocoa, oh, here's one, organic invert syrup whatever the heck that is, natural flavors, one of my favorites, of course, I always reach for the natural flavors, sodium, unsweetened chocolate, salt, and soy lecithin. Now I'm curious, what is invert sugar? Well, here's what our crack research team came up with, an edible mixture of two simple sugars, glucose and fructose, that is made by heating up sucrose, table sugar, with water. This mixture has the opposite direction of optical rotation as the original sugar, which is why it is called invert sugar. Hmm, wonder what Rudolf Steiner would have to say about that one. Is it the same as high fructose corn syrup? Well, the difference between high fructose corn syrup and invert sugar is their glucose to fructose ratio. While invert sugar has a one-to-one ratio, high fructose corn syrup goes through enzymatic processing, resulting in higher fructose percentages and lower glucose percentages. What are the warning signs to any of us that are eating invert sugar? As with all types of sugar, consuming too much inverted sugar can lead to weight gain and metabolic health issues such as diabetes and obesity. Where do we find invert sugars? In case you want to go on a trip and find some invert sugar. Invert sugar can be found... (laughs) Okay, so we're going to the land of invert sugar. Um, Invert sugar can be found in many foods, but it's most commonly found in cereal ice cream, yogurt, baked goods, 
fruit beverages that are not 100% fruit juice, check the labels, kids, syrups such as those used in alcoholic drinks or coffee, candies, granola bars. I guess this long-winded discussion on Oreos and invert sugar is that organic, in quotes, pneumonos, are a great example of the organic, in quotes, fertilizers, amendments, and potting soils that are also labeled as organic, and in my book, they're not. Well, literally, in my book, they're not. I guess I can say that now, but the honest-to-God truth is it's time for gardeners and consumers overall to know what they are buying and that they are being lied to, ripped off, and swindled with natural and organic products, especially in the world of gardening. I love gardening. I love landscaping. And I love farming. I started out as a conventional gardener and landscaper. I never was a conventional farmer. I call conventional gardening, landscaping, and farming chemical gardening, landscaping, and farming, because it is. I learned how to do it all wrong, use all the wrong products, and trust what I was being told by others in the business and at the stores and suppliers. I got after myself and started to break down what seemed honest and realistic and started to dig deeper. I've done some of the research for you, but please, by all means, dig deeper. Let's teach each other. Let's share. The only way to change the world of gardening is for gardeners to take matters into their own hands and use only real, good, safe, sane, and real organic and non-GMO products. Until then... Gardeners will be at the mercy, the whim of manufacturers and industries that have been poisoning us for over a century. They will do it as long as they can turn a buck doing it. The answer, demand more. Demand better. Know more. Know more than the experts you listen to. Quit turning a blind eye to the creeps who are misinforming you and selling you toxic trash. Don't be afraid to stand up ever and speak the truth. I do. And you know what, guys? Sometimes it's not popular, but it's the truth. And frankly, I don't care if my popularity slips because I know at the end of the day, I'm doing what's right. Please join me and let's all change the world of gardening together. That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true, organic, and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening.